When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Welcome to Monday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast, the only podcast supported by Monzo Bank Cards to create a cashless society, saving any and all from flying coins. My name's Graham Phyllis, and tonight I'm joined in Glasgow's Leithy Southside by two suitably hip men. Hello, Tom Watt. Hello. And hello, Andy Harrow. Hello. Uh, as is our custom, we'll be running through the weekend's action and littering the floor with our hot takes. Anyway, so we'll start off, we'll, we'll organise it with goals this week, um, as we, we did that last week and then stuck there in the derby last. Um, so we'll go with uh, Celtic 5, Hearts 0, um, which means that the grass at Celtic Park must be incredibly short. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty good, they were pretty good, weren't they? I mean, uh, credit to Craig Levine, I think, for being honest. He's still, like suddenly that not only bamming people up and like quite good fun, but he's very open and honest, and that that would been quite refreshing when he was a Scotland manager. But yeah, just doing 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 the right thing and saying yeah. like, do you know what? I mean, hold, hold, hold my hands up, yeah. hold, hold my hands up here. I, I I tried to do the right thing. The right thing, the other thing I did was completely wrong. <laughs> um, which I mean, you can trace that back all the way back to the summer when he signed Jake Mulroney. Um, if you're going to count things that Craig Levine has done wrong this season, you can just lash that straight in there as well. But uh, yeah, Hearts looked like they, even even from seeing the even from seeing the team line up on on Saturday, it looked very much like uh, like Hearts straight off the bat were going to struggle. And as it turns out, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, they were a, were a bit of a hiding to nothing though, given the injuries they've got and the fact the Celtic seem to have found their mojo again. Yeah. You wouldn't really expect them to do much if they, you know if they were trying to go for it and be really offensive. They don't really have the players at the moment no. to, to go for it anyway. So, well, you're right. It was it was nice of looking to kind of admit that he was a bit too negative and a bit too defensive. I don't really know what hurts. I, I, I think maybe five 0 is maybe surprising, but I don't think it's any surprise at all that 
Celtic won that fairly comfortably given I would have been it'd have been really good to have seen a kind of full strength half yeah. team up against a kind of informed Celtic team. I'd imagine the winner would have still been Celtic, but it would, it would have been, been nice given the hearts of the team at the top of the table because they certainly didn't look it in the in the weekend. Yeah. I think it's one of those things which you, again if you know like Hearts fans will hark back to uh, the Burnley season really like, what what if we hadn't sacked Burnley? Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously nobody really knows, but I'm gonna presume that they wouldn't have won the title anyway. Mm. But again this is this gives us the I think it was Duncan a couple of a couple of months ago highlighted this and like, well that that'll give you the excuse. Yeah. <laughs> the Hearts haven't won the title, this is why. Um, and I, I do agree with you, particularly when you've got guys like Claire coming into the team far more far earlier than you wanted them to. Um, same with uh, uh, Dick and Warner as well you'd imagine you didn't want to throw him straight in because previously you would have had Hughes done better to, uh, all ahead of him in order to sort of bed him in and then take it on from there which means you've got the squad depth to go for the rest of the season but maybe not then again it's hard to lose in Edinburgh it's hardly it's hardly short caught on news is it? Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I think the 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 squad is massive. The squad is massive, but I think, it, like, like you touched on, it, it did kind of highlight that although there are four hundred players in the heart squad at the moment, like three hundred and eighty of them. Are <laughs> I mean, they, they at one point in the second half they had nine different nationalities on the pitch, yeah. and that can't happen very often. Even though Hearts have got a pretty multicultural squad at the best of times, I think for the last couple of weeks they've looked a bit like a team that's hanging together with bits of tape and stuff, but are still punched above their weight considering the players they're missing. But yeah, they just got absolutely taken apart. Not, you know, it did them a better with the fact Celtic actually started looking really, really good. Uh, partly, weirdly, I think they've they've kind of let the shackles off since. Uh, Scott Brown's been injured and Cal McGregor's moved deep they seem, they seem to move the ball forward an awful lot more quickly and Brian Christie coming in and doing what people said that he should be doing which is replacing Armstrong yeah. and Edward's in some form he's found out there was kind of questions for quite large parts of the season so far about whether he was actually capable of replacing uh, Dembele especially but it seems like he is I mean it's taken him maybe it just takes you a wee while when you've got yeah. You, you, you know, he came in last season. He did really well, but there was less expectation on him last season because of the fact that you know there was Griffiths and Dembele there as well to carry some of that load. Whereas this season, Griffiths has been out of the picture for large parts of it. Dembele's obviously gone, and you're the only guy yeah. responsible for scoring goals. But he looks like he's getting to hit some form. And from Celtic's point of view, they've still got the Europa League. That, they could have done a few better results but it gives them a bit of a confidence based on going into those last three games where I think Rodgers has said they could win all three and still not qualify but they've got to at least find a chance a wee bit more than when they were looking a bit kind of shot shy and a bit yeah, unsure of what to do in the final third as they have the last few months it's just us it's, it's, I was still, again look at, look at the teams and look at the highlights as well seeing uh, guys like Ayer popping up at the end as well so again you get he's been through a sticky spell sort of injury wise and sort of struggling a little bit um, and then you get him on with you know the game's already been long one, um, and you manage to chuck on Ayer for the last sort of half an hour to get half an hour out of him to say like are you fit again? Can you play again? I, I kind of doubt he was particularly tested by the, certainly from looking at the highlights and looking at the bits and pieces of the game. I doubt he was he was particularly tested by the the heart centre centre forwards as well. But again, the, the Celtic team suddenly looks even without Brown in there, even without Griffiths, suddenly all looks very settled again. It looks like it looks like an eleven that you would. I'd start to hang your hat on again um, balanced on the left and the right with Forrest and Lustig both fit so they track each other with various jokes about uh, 
James Forrest chasing uh, Hearts players after he, after he <laughs> lost the ball around uh, on, on Twitter which were all very enjoyable but I get it while it's obviously it's a good joke but it's also entirely true and that the the flaws which Lustig has in his game are masked to a large degree by the, the players around him um, and if you can presumably have the, the sort of mentality that he has done or he has done and, and been able to raise himself for the big games for Celtic as well having the guys around him like McGregor, Benkovic and, and Forrest to do his running for him as well is probably fine in there and then again we, we're, we're beginning to see uh, Tierney and Sinclair linking up on the left hand side again as well which is excellent for them yeah. Yeah. I mean I think they're, I think they're first of all been starting to look like it should do now in terms of how they're playing they've got that pace that they really lacked for so much of the season so far um, they all seem to have picked up a bit of form but I mean you look at Saturday the substitutes there isn't a great deal of depth no. there after if you're looking at attacking wise you've got Hayes Morgan Johnson I mean none of those guys have played significantly at all for Celtic and well Morgan and Johnson might turn out to be good they're kind of unreliable at the moment to so yeah. yeah, from Rogers' point of view, I guess you just get hope that the yeah. guys, the first eleven, if they're all playing well, we just stick with it for the for the first few months. So you guys back, you should have done a bit more in the transfer. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I thought they, I thought they were good. I thought Ryan Christie was excellent again. Um, uh, McGregor, as I said, was excellent. I thought their defence, central defence, looked much more balanced. Mm-hmm. They looked like they were complementing each other. Um, and it's the first time in almost two years that I think Scott Sinclair's put two good games together. <laughs> so, pretty ominous for anyone. I, I, the, the fact that they've scored now twenty goals in the yeah. last in the last four league games is not a great a great sign for for the rest yeah. of the league generally. Um, all peaked off with. Uh, Craig Gordon absolutely skinning Duke yeah. Rainey, which I know is a, a living not every last thing say. There's certainly plenty of Craig Gordon clips around that line at the moment, but uh, Mulroney going to close him down, doing his, his hard working bit, and Gordon just making him look like an absolute tube um, straight away was uh, thoroughly enjoyable as well. Um, very, very good for, very, very good from Gordon, but uh, and very, very good from Celtic in general. The big which getting off the mark as well. So again. Right, any more for that? No, I don't think so. Grand. Uh, we'll move off to Kilmarnock and uh, box office Chris Boyd, um, which uh, saw Kilmarnock go ahead and then rather unsurprisingly lose to Aberdeen in the end. So, yeah, good. Uh, it was the worst Aberdeen have been all season. And <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like every time we talk about Aberdeen, it's a case of Aberdeen are terrible. Well, they won. But they won. But they won. Yeah. And uh, they've, they've had. Oh. Got on to first. I mean, I think uh, got on to Aberdeen later on. But like Kelly, I think had maybe ridden their luck in a number of games. You know, there's only so many times you can go behind and and come back to win. But they were absolutely dominant for sixty <laughs> minutes, and you know they only scored a, through a penalty. Uh, they had there weren't that many clear cut chances, but they were. It was so easy for them to go long. Boyd was causing all sorts of problems, and and. Uh, the worst game Scott McKenna's had in a long time uh, Devlin was all sorts of bother as well the Aberdeen midfield was all over the place I don't know how many times you need to see Don Ball and Graham Shinney together to realise that they just shouldn't be in the same city together football. but, but, but Kelly were great they moved the ball around they, the the defence didn't have any problems whatsoever um, Stephen O'Donnell was up and Causing all sorts of problems down the wing, and at half time, the only real surprise was that they were only 1 0 up, and then Aberdeen get not even two chances. <laughs> and, uh, and they've had a really, they'd had a really strange seven days because they were pretty 
pretty poor against Rangers but were resolute and won didn't have to do anything against Hamilton because Hamilton were so bad <laughs> that they just had to hit pot shots and won 3-0 and then were horrendous against Kelly and, and, and somehow their season seems to have, have turned around even though we're in very early, early days um, yeah I mean, worrying for Aberdeen slightly that they're relying on 19 and 20 year olds but you know if you've got them uh, play them more often I think mm-hmm. I think when you're looking at the options to come off the bench when, when Stevie May came off the bench it was, it, you can always feel the collective sigh from the Aberdeen support in Kilmarnock as a case mm-hmm. of being like with all the will in the world I don't think there's anybody in the country that doesn't want Stevie May to go on and, and, and be and be the guy for Aberdeen it just becomes clearer and clearer every week that he's not going to be the guy for Aberdeen. He seemed to have a, he, he did contribute to the game when he came on against Rangers, mainly because they just asked him to run around, um, which he did to, to great aplomb and ran around a lot. Um, but I thought the difference when, when Anderson came on was noticeable because again, it's again potentially slightly ironic that that's exactly the sort of touch you would have expected out of Stevie May five years ago. Uh, I'd sort of lash across into the box. And he just happens to be there because he puts in the effort and he puts in the graft to be there. And it was Anderson which, which managed to turn it past McDonald. Which there seemed to be, I think it was McCoy seemed to sort of suggest that he sort of bounced off him or deflected it. He did exactly what yeah, he did. Yeah, did exactly what McCoy used to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which begs the question did Adam McCoy mean it? Yeah, I, I, that amazing. You do wonder, I think everyone's kind of in the same boat that they would really like me to. Show something, but you, you feel like even if he kind of got the stereotypical goal off his backside now, it wouldn't make any difference. It just certainly not Aberdeen. I don't know if he needs a change of scenery or whatever it is, but it'll, it'll, it's just, it'll be back at St George at some point with Tommy Wright yeah, turning him into a 25 yeah, probably, season yeah. striker. But it's but, so strange though because like when he when he first arrived, he I, I think he's not been the same since the injury against no. Rangers and the, the broken ankle or whatever it was. And actually, I thought that. The brief cameo he had at the weekend, he he put himself about a bit and did a bit more than he does has done recently. But that's not saying enough. Yeah, and the thing is, he I've seen it a few times, and he, he can still, like Graham said, he said contribute to games. But it's just in terms of a goal threat, and, mm. you know, bringing him on at half time when you're one 0 down. I think anyone thought he'd be the man that would, you know, bring Aberdeen back into it, and the, the, you know, Bruce Anderson. Maybe they need to give him more of a. I know uh, McInnes has seemed a wee bit reticent to play him too much so far, and he's kind of tended to favour likes of May or Wilson, even though he's not necessarily been fit in the past. But yeah. actually, maybe you've not got many other options. Maybe he's the person that you turn to now as your. Maybe not as the starter, but maybe as the the kind of first option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest. It literally can't be any worse at this stage <laughs> uh, in terms of striking options. Uh, I mean, for Aberdeen, it, I mean, it, was, uh, it was good for them as well that Ferguson kind of turned up again. He yeah. just seems to it's, love a big goal. Yeah, he's a big, big game player yeah. in a way that Aberdeen haven't really yeah. had for since what you ingest. Yeah. The guy will turn up in big games and big moments and, and deliver consistently. And given that that's all he's done this year, is deliver consistently when he needed to. Um, with just the most outrageous collection of goals, like the guy's the guy's essentially an Aberdeen legend, and he's played about sort of twelve games. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean he, he he's he's been probably the standout player of the season. There's not been a huge amount to pick up from, but I think like he's certainly got the best highlight, highlight reel so far, and he seems to be able to play anywhere in midfield that they've they've given him, played him as a number ten at the weekend and. 
confident enough to take a free kick. Mm. McInnes was saying that in his post-match presser, post-match presser as well, just saying, look, we, we played him, we played, played him a little bit deeper, or we played him a little bit higher, then we played him a little bit deeper, and we played him a little bit further out in the left. Just, if I could have, I presume he just wants a living of him, um, <laughs> not a specific player in a specific position, just a living, really good, hard-working laddies. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I, I thought I thought Ferguson was a terrific player when he broke through Aki's. I thought he was sort of natural to success at the Dockery and then disappeared long before he managed to take that that mantle and as it turns out he probably was that um, but I think he's a much better player as well when he's, he's what 19 <laughs> fantastic um, I guess just maybe before we move on it was definitely a penalty right the Shea Logan foul I don't yeah. think there's any doubt but there seemed, there seemed like there were I, I was at a wedding yeah. Saturday so I kind of was d- dimly aware that some folk were oh, no it was Sunday but I was really hung over after the wedding and I was kind of dimly aware of people say that maybe it wasn't a penalty but it, it was uh, as, as stupid a, an attempt to, to win a ball as, as you'll see with Buck heading away from goal um, without any even, even Chris Buck on his very best day of all time um, <laughs> potentially as a Kieran Cup winner maybe that day um, I don't think there was any possibility yeah. of him exactly where he was scoring from there unless he did something astonishing which I, I'm not going to see it and Logan just Throwing a leg in there for for no real no real purpose was uh, yeah quite daft. Um, Chris Boyd uh, enjoyed his celebrations, <laughs> which in, in hindsight looks uh, looks uh, a bit daft, but at the time thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he I mean he, he just is fully embracing just being a bit of a, a widow, isn't he? At the moment yeah. that's that's his. I mean, given he's not really playing that much for Kelly at the moment, he, he's enjoying it whenever he gets the chance, but. Uh, I mean, they might still get with the, the Scotland squad, I suppose. Like, uh, it would really sad. Depending on how much, <laughs> yeah, much Alex McLeish needs to do the record, but uh, yeah, he's uh, not even not even the second best striker at Kelly at the moment. So, arguably not even the third. No, no, yeah. You've got no, to defend. No, no, I've, no, I've seen in Jolie. He's definitely <laughs> he's definitely third best striker. <laughs> No, you've got to defend all all players, Bam and up fans, because fans yeah. are very, very, very precious about these things. Even yes. when you get slightly irked about it, it's well worth it for when it comes back to bite them, and that's what you want as a fan. So, excellent, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, any more for that? No, right. No. We will head on to what for a big chunk of time looked like Craig Sampson's last stand. St. Mirren now Rangers two with goals from Daniel Candias and Alfredo Morelos, followed by a. Weird sending off for Daniel Candias as well. We'll, we'll start off um, talking about St. Mirren a little bit as well. Um, I'm, I'm sort of, I don't want to call it shoots of recovery for St. Mirren because we did the same thing uh, after they drew nothing each with Celtic and sort of assumed, do you know what, maybe, maybe they're digging in here, maybe this is a turning point where they start to take, nah, they're terrible. Yeah. Um, but they all looked like they were trying very hard, which for a team as bad as they are and with as, as bad a series of results that they've had, there are a number of teams in the past that you could see quite easily would have chucked it long before now. Um, and I think it's, what's happened is some has been quite interesting on the whole in that bringing in uh, Gus McPherson as director of football seems to be a sort of direct move to ensure that nothing like Alan Stubbs happens again again I, I've said this before on the podcast <laughs> nothing like Alan Stubbs like some sort of blight just <laughs> desperate to find out I really want and if, some, if, somebody's got, if somebody's got the inside track of what actually happened <laughs> please drop it in my DMs and tell me that every story you've got because I just find the whole thing absolutely fascinating um, but the, the fact that as I say they've gone and got Gus McPherson to, so they've got a, a director of football style uh, 
role in there just to ensure that you know what we don't go and burn all our money um, and again for what I, don't, I think I said during, during the week as well but I do feel very genuinely quite sorry for St Mirren fans given that the enthusiasm they had last year coupled with the idea of well we lost our manager we've got a new manager and you've got that whole bounce with that as well um, and then in addition we've got a, a windfall from John McGinn which maybe ne- didn't necessarily think that we're going to get at some point and you would imagine that a huge chunk of that has just gone to be paying off playing off duff footballers mm-hmm. because they left Alan Stubbs in, char- in charge of things um, and then build, rebuilding the club from the inside out because goodness only knows what happens I, I, it's at the point where I'm beginning to wonder whether he actually just dug down steel, stole the actual foundations <laughs> out of the Paisley Park I was reassured to see the Wednesday night that the big dome was there still at the back so he hasn't what he hasn't <laughs> Tucked that into the booties motor and was stolen that as well. I just again the whole thing's astonishing, but nonetheless, um, yeah, uh, a good solid defender. Again, a scrapping display from St. Mirren. We say. Thing is, I I don't know if I, I totally agree with you in the sense that we, we did see it against Celtic and then they've gone on with, yeah. with seven games. It's been pathetic yeah. for most of them. I mean, that was an outlier, and I. I I would hazard that it's probably more to do with the fact that they were playing against Rangers uh, and it was a kind of big test. You know, it's the games against the Motherwells yeah. and the St Johnsons where nobody's watching, uh, nobody's paying any real attention to it and they're, they're pathetic. Uh, and I mean, I think that's got a lot to do with them having a lot of atrocious footballers. Yeah. Um, but they have been incredibly poor. And I, I think you know the next test is going to be their next year, which is against Dundee, isn't it? Am I right in saying? Yeah, I mean that's obviously the, the huge that's one. Your, but that's your that's your that's that's six, six point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I, uh, I was just saying I was at a wedding on Saturday, and it, it was a Hindu wedding, so there's it's in two halves. You've got sort of from half past nine till about half past one, and then you've got. Um, a few hours in the evening but you've got like kind of three or four hours in the afternoon to kind of go for a nap and like chill out or go for a swim or whatever so which is quite nice I like falling asleep and so it was it was rubbish to watch like because St Mirren offered absolutely nothing even when the game was kind of in the balance and it was nil-nil there was never any sense that St Mirren were going to do anything. They just were incapable of keeping possession. Uh, they seemed totally nervous about it when it, they got into midfield. In fact, they just bypassed the midfield most of the time. They, only, they looked occasionally threatening through Jackson. I think he had a couple of times where he got in the box and put in a cross. No one else has fallen up. I mean, I, I, it was similar to the the, the Celtic game. They, they looked threatening for a period of time. They actually yeah. sort of looked like they were... Um, it belied that sort of form that they'd been in where they'd lost six or five games in a row it had that weird moment but, where they were, they were more threatening when Celtic had a living yes. well, then it's just yeah, Celtic yeah, went down yeah, yeah, yeah. but there was I mean I didn't see any sign of that on Saturday I mean admittedly I only saw the second half live but there was nothing there wasn't even a sense that oh we'll maybe nick this in a set piece or anything they were no I, I think after the, the Celtic game they, they played a bit of football and they looked for the first probably first and only time this season like they believed they deserved to be on the same pitch as ever as mm-hmm. they were playing that I mean they were they were dogged I thought uh, I thought that the I thought generally speaking that their defense did fine Simeon Jackson had a couple of uh, you know held the ball up well and did run run at defenders a little bit but there was no real it was like 
an Arbroath cup tie, <laughs> Arbroath go to Ibrox and you know concede two late goals because all they've done is kick it in the opposite direction <laughs> for eight minutes. And you know, well yeah. done, guys. But like, if you if all you can muster is valiant defending for most games which you're going to lose and then offer nothing in games when you're it's fine margins then you're in real trouble yeah I think I, I, the guys were, um, will come on to Dundee the, I think you were saying in uh, Thursday about how poor Dundee are across the board like there, there's not one area yeah. to fix it's not that dissimilar for Samirin I mean mm. there's just so many people you could take out of that team and you know it would make absolutely no difference in, in theory <laughs> probably make it better I mean they're, they're miserable they're really really poor and I also don't feel sorry for St Mirren fans because they were pretty annoying when they were getting trouble <laughs> so. oh no I've got all the time in the world from after that boy tried to kill the bus oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah by, by far the best thing that's happened in Paisley in the past 40 years um, did Daniel Candias mean it? no 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 no, no. The, part, the part of the play for the the Parts of the game I thought was St Mirren uh, Samson would have a goal kick It would get caught in the wind It would go Less than the half Way line Rangers would win Either the first ball Or the second ball Go in an attack It would generally Go out to Candace Or uh, we'd go out to the left And whoever was crossing it Would put out for a goal kick And then just repeat it again That's pretty much What happened for 20 minutes So I thought I, I thought Exactly the same thing Was just about to happen And then the wind Catches it And the I don't, actually, I don't know If it was a wind He just shanked it Anyway It went in But Yeah It didn't, it didn't look like A man in Knew exactly what was going on with it. <laughs> he yeah. absolutely. He looks directly across the box as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like he's yeah, looking yeah, for yeah. a man yeah. in Give the box. Him the eye. So yeah. unless it's a no look goal, then I'm not yeah. having it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was okay when he came on, though. I think uh, yeah. he looked decent. And he can. Candice has patches where he can look a kind of threatening player taking on fullbacks, and he's. I think. I think he's, broadly, I think he's fantastic. I really like Candice. Um, just he is. He wants to serve this horrible cliche of wanting to get your boots white out in the line, but just all he wants to do is get his head down, then until he gets to the edge of the box, get his head up and just get a cross in for somebody. And his cross is really consistent, aside from ones that go in for goals. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we got obviously Rangers' second goal, which was um, an ode to Craig Sampson of old, uh, the one that Craig Sampson I love and remember um, of seeing a shot go directly through him, uh, the same as he did on Wednesday night as well, um, which was excellent. Which then leaves us just with the, the red card as well. Um, yeah. Smashing. Yeah. <laughs> bizarre. Um, I, I, I mean, everyone loves a Willie Collum stat, right? Yeah. Right. So, Willie Collum uh, has given 41 red cards in 128 Premiership games. So, an average of one every three games. Yeah. On average, it's a red card every five games. So, you are 60% more likely to have a red card if you've got Willie Collum That's taking charge of the match. Uh, I mean, I don't think you need maths to know that Willie Collins prone to the odd bit of. Uh, he's a bit of a prima donna when it comes to making it all about him. And you know, there had been some suggestion in the in the papers today that uh, it was something that was said, or that he was winding up, uh, winding up the um, the, the, the Melbourne players after the second goal went in, but there doesn't seem to be a huge amount in it and uh, for it to be enough for a second booking and a red card it just seems awfully like Willie being Willie I had no idea that you could get booked for winding up opposition players I, 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 I didn't know that, that was that was tears yeah. Yeah. it's like in the, the NFL you get a penalty against you for taunting the opposition so yeah. maybe it's the kind of equivalent that you're yeah, yeah, yeah. booking for taunting I don't know 
Yeah, a very, a very, very odd red card. Did the record were adamant today that it was a deserved red card in their match report? Oh, it must be then. So it was a. Yeah. Diff- it, it absolutely must be then. Um, anyway, so we'll we'll move on to um, the unstoppable Perth juggernaut of uh, Sexy St Johnston, <laughs> who defeated the Bellingham one nothing. Um, yeah, St Johnston roll on fourth win in a row. Very good. Yeah, four wins in a row, um, four clean sheets as well. Um, mm-hmm. Our friend Craig's blog informed me this morning that they've never done five clean sheets in a row in the mm-hmm. top flight. So, yeah. Um, Whatever it was, Tommy Wright said to them after that hiding Celtic gave them has done done them absolute wonders, uh, and they were well worth it. They, you know, missed the penalty, and my favourite goal of the weekend, Seanus's goal of the weekend. I mean, it wasn't like you know he didn't beat a million men, but it was like a sensible soccer header. <laughs> where the ball comes in and he flies at it, and it's like players haven't even aren't even aware it's coming at the box, and he's on the ground and it's in the net. It was it was excellent, and I thought him and Kerr were great, um, great free kick. Trey Wright was really good. I thought. I, I really like Kerr as well. He's yeah. a very, very good player. Yeah, yeah. All, all round, very good performance from St Johnston again, and they've kind of. I think they're one of probably only two sides in the league who you can say they're they've definitely had a good start to the season. Everyone else is kind of yeah. half glass half full, half half mm-hmm. empty at the moment. I mean, even Hearts, who've had such a good start, have started a little bit, and fans are not sure what's what the, this. Score is right this minute, but I think St Johnson and Livy must be very happy with where their seasons are. And, and yeah, I thought St Johnson were excellent. Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of a funny one in that the after St Johnson obviously lost four games in a row, um, and then it's oh St Johnson have turned around and they've won four games in a row. And to be fair, they lost the Rangers, they lost the Celtic, they lost the Hearts, mm. and then they lost the Celtic again. Which any season of any year, just about you would look at a St Johnston <laughs> team and say, well. Oh, you, you lost to Rangers, Celtic, Hearts, and Celtic again. Not really the, the world's greatest shock. And that, aside from that, the only other team they've lost to this season is uh, Kilmarnock, and everybody loses to Kilmarnock yeah. except Aberdeen. <laughs> um, so it's not really not really a massive shock for them. Um, but yeah, they, I mean, they can even go on continue to miss continue to miss penalties week in week out and still win games of football, um, which is astonishing. I mean, they've had more not even bad penalties. No, no, no penalty. Uh, no. Just what's what, what three and two weeks? Yeah. Astonishing yeah. stuff. Um, from Raheem's perspective, not great. No, very very flat, very unlike everything that we've seen from him in the last few years. It just, I mean, St. Johnson were very good and were very good defensively, but Hibs just didn't look at the races at all. They didn't look. The, there wasn't the usual cut and thrust. There wasn't the the the, the usual pace that that you see and just very flat and mm. don't know what what happened I don't know if so, the wind was taken out of their sails a bit um, after the derby and all the Ferrari around Lennon but they didn't look like a Neil Lennon Hibs mm. at all I just can't quite get a handle on Hibs this season I kind of mm. thought they would fit into a very like stereotypical or not stereotypical but a template of exciting to watch score lots of goals also concede a lot of goals bit flaky bit flaky but generally kind of Probably given the squad they've got around about third and kind of competing for second, I just can't quite get a handle on them. Some weeks they seem to be brilliant, some weeks they are rotten like this weekend. Um, There's no consistency really in terms of the team particularly. There's people playing in all sorts of different positions, especially across the midfield. Um, Camberry's also missing and McLaren's not quite got up to speed yet this season at all. 
and they missed they obviously missed Camberry yeah I don't know it's pretty pretty that's their first home defeat I think since December last year though so that's been the thing that's kept them going even when they they have been a bit flaky but yeah uh, I'm not quite sure where Lennon goes with it next entire you kind of feel like he's got to try and find a balanced team I know they've kind of had some injuries and suspensions and they're like and they've got quite a number of players as well but yeah, you kind of feel like he's got to try and stick to some sort of 11 or 12 people. I thought there's sort of a re-emergence of Marvin Bartley's kind of one yeah. the other one as well, and Bartley and his captain as well. Um, and was it the, he came back into the derby and was captain of the derby, was captain of the game at the weekend, um, gave away a daft penalty. It's, it's a soft penalty, granted, but it's just a daft swing and a leg about. And I kind of... Bartley, to me, has always looked like a guy who... Obviously, he was good in the championship for them, and he looks at that sort of level, maybe a little bit above that. But in the current Hibs team, he looks, he just sticks really, he sticks out like a sore thumb for me because he's not a great footballer. He's not a, he's a big physical guy, but again, there's a pile looking at mm-hmm. standing next to Murray Davidson. It's a case of well, you're not really the big, you're not the, you're not, you're not the, uh, the big guy throwing bodies around here because just about every team in the league has a guy in central midfield who's capable of doing that. So I'm just not. Totally sure of what he brings to the brings to the party for Hibs, and um, particularly when you pick up guys like Milligan as well, who has that sort of air of, of confidence around him because he's a guy who's been around and seen a lot of football and played a lot of football. And um, if you want a guy to go and play in that midfield, then surely he's your guy. Um, I can only presume that there's that McGregor isn't fit enough to play ninety minutes just now or something along these lines. But again, even if he's fit at all, then surely even stick him at Seven and a half, and then stick Ambrose right back just so you get rid of Whitaker mm-hmm. for twenty minutes. Yeah. Time. Well, I mean, if you if you're going to play McGregor for twenty minutes, yeah, then what, why don't you start him? And then I don't know. It seems daft to. Yeah, it just I mean, last year's Hibs team felt particularly in the running felt like it had a really sort of settled nature to it, and they had the midfield three of McGee, uh, McGinn, and Allen. And again, we've said it numerous times this year. Obviously, it's an incredibly difficult thing to replace. But still, even with that, with the number of bodies you've got in there, you would imagine that they should be able to at least have some sort of consistency in the, in the bodies that they're playing uh, week in, week out in there. But yeah, like you say, it's just not quite firing. You, you imagine they will at some point mm-hmm. or another. Um, I think when Canberra stays fit for more than 20 minutes and McLaren stays fit, with ideally for the same 20 minutes, um, yeah. then you imagine that they'll, they'll just kind of pick up where they lost last year. Um, but yeah. As I say, Bartley and they're just in amongst that sort of difficulty of selection. I'd say he's 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 a big part of that. Yeah, I just the only other thing I had was that, I mean, Malin's one of those people where you're still questioning whether or not he's doing much other than hitting thirty yarders at the moment. <laughs> but he did hit one. It was like a, I love those saves that Xander Clark made a save, kind of with an outstretched wrist, yeah, yeah, really firm yeah. wrist, it, kind of, or not even wrist. It was probably been the fleshy part of his arm and it goes into the over the crossbar arm for whatever reason I really like those saves they always look because they always look like that I don't know if it's because where the keeper saves it it always looks like an absolute rocket when they're yeah. like that so, <laughs> yeah that's good um, but again that's a, another late winner for uh, St Johnston in, in, in Leith really sad that um, Joe Shaw didn't jump and wander about in the crowd shirtlessly <laughs> which is one of the oddest things I've ever seen in my life but uh, just sort of to, to cover uh, that sort of covers the, the last of that sort of group of, of teams but that's what eight teams covered by uh, the, the eight teams all covered by eight points 
and it takes you from Hearts and Foss to Livingston in eighth, which is mental, absolutely, absolutely sensational stuff. Um, and it doesn't. We can. I know we say that it's one of those cliches of Scottish football. Anyone can beat anyone at any given time. This year seems to be even more true than the previous years. And again, see St Johnston. What I was saying. The, the, the run of losses that they had was was not sort of indicative of their season, but to go on four runs in the bout, four runs in the bounce, and they're straight back in there. Um, as I put in, well, Aberdeen as well, who, as you say, haven't played well yet this season, but are still hanging barely, on. Barely played well for twenty minutes, mm. <laughs> <laughs> One consecutive twenty minutes, but you know, not far, not far off. A couple of wins and they'll be up, up, mm-hmm. be up in third. I mean, could be third on Friday night. It's, yeah, absolutely cares. Long may it continue. Um, moving on to the the, the sort of the, the, the other group in the in the top flight, we'll, we'll start at Firth Park, um, where uh, David Turnbull, uh, I think, is the first Motherwell midfielder in about thirty years that can strike a ball. So um, <laughs> that was something. That was good. Um, Motherwell with back to back wins for the first time this season. Uh, I would say all in the league certainly, um, and are now maybe just. Creeping away from the rest of them. Yeah, that's how safe now. I mean, they've. <laughs> 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 they get to play any more games. That's them. <laughs> Motherwell's safe on the basis that Dundee are not going to take eight more points. No, no, very much. It seemed like the, that's another the game where the the scoreline was the only game, seemed to be the only game of the weekend where the scoreline exactly reflected what went on on the pitch. Mm. It was like two teams that really struggled to do anything separated by one bit of, of, of real quality. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Dun, do Dundee first. Why? Why not? They haven't scored in a month. Yeah. And oh, that's a horrible start. Admittedly, it's only it's only four games, but there's not. I mean, to be fair, like Darren O'Day looked fit and hit the bar and did give them a bit of, and he looked like he gave them a bit of cohesion at the back. But they're just they're they're so impotent. Um, and I mean, it has been a bit of a. I mean, similar to what I was saying about the Aberdeen answer, it is a bit of a concern when you're. You've got so much way of expectation on the teenagers to get you out of things, but it, it looks like the the white Turnbull's taken that on. He's been the best, Motherwell's best player, and you'll know better than me. But it looks that he's been their most consistent performer for the last three or four weeks. He looks the most consistent goal threat. He looks like he's moving players and and he can hit a ball. And he said himself, he doesn't think he'll score a better one than that but, <laughs> in his entire career. But don't know. He looks like he's looks like a real pro- prospect there and. Yeah, Motherwell probably safe. Dundee, I don't know how many times you can say Dundee or shit. No, I know. I mean, you do have other things to say because it's just their strikers are crap. Their defence are hopeless. Like, I mean, it is literally the same stuff every single week. They're, they're abject. Yeah, I mean, if they if they were if you compare that squad to squad, I've probably made this point before. If you compared that squad to the squad the squads in the championship, they would be about eight. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're honking. I, 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 I was thinking at the weekend. Uh, I'm sure the first thing is, but is this? This must be two of the worst teams. In so we've we've had seasons before. There's been one really terrible team, but I can't think of too many recent ones where there's been two absolutely awful teams. Last season probably runs them relatively close because neither Ross County or Thistle were great. But again, you could make an argument that neither of those clubs should have gone. No, in one way or another, because yeah, 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 both yeah, of, yeah, both yeah. of those teams at some point you looked at them. In, do you know what? Like, Partick Thistle don't have 
I, they don't have only bad players. No, no, no. Ross County don't players. have only bad yeah. players, and both of them went down kind of disappointingly from both of them, and that both of them both went down with kind of a whimper. And this time, unless something dramatic happens in January, and again, like Dundee are going to be going to look for a Dundee Anson and both of them are going to be like, do you know what? We need a goal scorer. Mm. Right, go. Everybody needs one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody in the league uh, from Rangers down. Needs a, needs a goal scorer um, and all of them are going to be able to offer more money than Dundee or St Mirren can and also do you want to spend three months of your life four months of your life chasing balls yeah. <laughs> I, for, for Dundee who are broadly terrible or for St Mirren who are probably even worse yeah. um, Motherwell well all, all in all it was, a, it, was a, it was a very decent performance from Motherwell we'll, Motherwell looked totally blunt just now and um, Bowman puts in a power of work. Maiden puts in a power of work. Um, the change in shift, or the shift in system, has been, a, as I said, midweek has been a huge, huge benefit for Motherwell. Um, bigger and Mana and Turnbull in midfield is nice because then two people actually pass to one another, which is a real treat. Liam Grimshaw appears to have either learned how to play football or has been pretending that he doesn't know how to play football, which has been quite a treat as well. He went on sort of two or three absolutely amazing runs during the game. Like, who the fuck is you? <laughs> Where did you come from? Midweek and on Saturday as well, he had a proper bang at the goal. And I was like, looking at him, I didn't even know you could do that. I don't mean, I absolutely don't mean this a critical thing at all. I I think he's been been fantastic in the past couple of games and and more more power to him, and I hope we see more of it. I was like, where has this been at any point? I I think it was somebody on Steelman made made the point like, He's actually a good footballer, but he just follows instructions. So you tell him what to do, he'll do exactly what he's told, which is to, de- to the detriment of him as a footballer, which I suppose there might be something in there. Um, we do look like we've struggled to score. Um, it's either got to come from Ryan Bowman barging his way through, or Main barging his way through, or somebody running on a through ball from there. Turnbull is, I mean, like saying, he's, he's surprised at his own strike, but I watch because I'm a nerd uh, the under 20 highlights are fair but he does it basically every second week for them and yeah. I understand in the sort of under, in, in the reserves football is a bit different because there's not sort of guys twice your size try to close you down all the time which again is fine because if you're playing against St Merlin and Dundee every week they're going to try to close you down <laughs> anyway um, but the he does it all the time uh, and it was it was it was really a smashing strike he did look entirely surprised that he managed to pull it off but it was very very good but uh, what's the what's the problem with the creativity is it, is it still the midfield is that even just, with him in it is a the, the, the midfield's a lot better and we do get the ball down an awful lot better now and, and pass the ball around just neither like Maine never looks as if he's going to score again and he, he looks as if he could play week in week out against nobody and we still fire yeah. over the bar he's had various chances to to so you know, all he needs is a goal to get himself in. He did that against Kilmarnock, missed a penalty, and then again, you could just see his head go straight back down. Um, there are alternatives there. Um, whether you go for Connor Salmon, whether you go for Danny Johnson, one or the other, um, both look dangerous every time they come. Well, Johnson looks dangerous every time he comes on, um, <laughs> and like, there's there's potential there. I concern, I'm concerned about going to Ibrox on Remembrance Sunday. Uh, for a number of reasons <laughs> um, but it's, it could be real sort of make or break stuff um, McGee going there in the cup a couple of years ago when we went a goal up and then Steve McManus sold the jersey for two minutes to go broke him and he's like he never recovered from it you can, you can track Motherwell's 
demise under McGee to that exact game up until that point things were fine good results bad results he bounced back whatever else and he never McGee never recovered from that and his team never recovered from that um, and I, want, I, I just worry every time of course you got eyebrows of course you worry everyone that goes to eyebrows worries but going on remembering Sunday seems like a, a terrifying thing to do at the moment um, just in addition Sophie and Musa is fucking hungry <laughs> I realise this is old ground but he after about 20 minutes was blown out his arse uh, about 25 minutes in he went down claiming a head knock walked around like plainly fake like, you know when you're just, like, faking having a woozy head just walking about and then when he eventually soft off, soft off looked delighted because he clearly very plainly just could not be arsed with it um, anyway so we'll, we'll skip from one side of the line shot to the other uh, the dark bit uh, so it's Halatnaki's one Livingston no um, yeah Lovely or done then. The yeah. game seemed to be played in Silent Hill. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 Arthur Conan Doyle novel. It was it was terrifying. Like, I, again, watch the highlights of it. Mm. Watch the bits and pieces of the game. And like I was, what is what, 10 miles away at Fort Park? And yeah, I was raining a bit. It was nothing like that. Yeah, I didn't understand <laughs> it. I, I could not understand it. Uh, uh, yeah, and the highlights, every other game looks like it's been kind of played in okay conditions, and then it's just monsoon at Hamlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. localised <laughs> weather at Apocalypse. Yeah, we saw uh, Mason Bloomfield get his, uh, his first league goal for the Ackies, um, and we saw Michael Miller get an Ackies, another red card. Another one, yeah. Um, for the, the thing that I found most startling about the red card is that, so he, he jumped into a tackle, which... The, the Levy boy puts up the most incredible roar you've ever heard in your mm. life, it's great, yeah. really sells it. No doubt to hurt, I'm not doubting that about sensational stuff. Um, but then, so, Levy have a free kick inside Aki's half and then somehow concede, which is the yeah. least Levy thing that's happened <laughs> since they came up. Um, but yeah, they, they fire the ball in, it pings around a little bit, and essentially what I presume must have been like the turning point in the game. As Ziggy Gordon just flies in with this unbelievable block in the middle of the box ball bounces free Boyd plays in uh, Bloomfield who scores I, I had to go because I watched the highlights and saw the start like, sent off in 86 goal in 86 and I need to watch this passage of play it's amazing absolutely <laughs> sensational it's, it's exactly what you imagine happened Livy filed it in and just bodies were everywhere and then there was an Aki's mm. goal for reasons I'm not entirely clear on yeah and the funny thing was that Livingston didn't um, pull down I can't remember who it was that played in Bluefield uh, Boyd that they didn't that they didn't draw down, which, which is which is the thing you would expect Livingston to do yeah, is to yeah. hold the guy down and they didn't manage to do it Stephen, Bo- Stephen Boyd's about four foot tall yeah. um, the only problem was that the other guy that tried to pull him down was Stephen Wallace who's also about ah, four foot tall yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah fair play to Boyd because I mean it's one of those ones just like screw up what is it five minutes to go um, and you got running in on goal with a guy who's never scored to you just hit a deck take a free kick yeah, run, yeah. run the time out with 10 men fine absolutely fair play to him because by the time he played the ball he was basically 90 degrees from where he started <laughs> so he, did very, he did very very well when um, he, um, the guy that sits opposite me at work is a Livy fan and he was saying it, it was he was at the game and he, he said you just got the feeling that that was going to happen. Mm. You just knew it. it was one of those games where nothing was going right, and you just knew that even when they went down to ten men, they didn't quite believe it would happen quite so quickly. But he was just saying, I was thinking, just just take him down, just take him down, like take the free kick, just like do the Scott Brown foul, just break it up, take a booking. Who cares? And get back. Oh. But uh, yeah, yeah. I saw some fans online saying that they um, they thought. 
they were trying to go for it a bit too much instead of realising that it probably wasn't going to be their day and just going that's fine we'll take a point that they actually made a couple of changes and tried to go for it and it kind of knocked them off Kilter a wee bit I thought, I thought it was interesting it's the, it's the first time that Livingston have changed their team since Livingston began as, mm. as, yeah. as, as it appeared as they, they took out Wallace Robinson and Jacobs bringing in McMillan Sibold and Lawson and I know a lot of Levy fans were really looking forward to that. I think a lot of people were looking to see Sibold uh, in the top flight given that he'd been, he'd been so good for Falkirk for so long um, and it certainly seemed um, that he struggled a wee bit in the games so not, maybe not quite up to speed again with playing football again but yeah very interesting uh, crikey sorry we, <laughs> I must have, we shouldn't have done this in Felicity <laughs> <laughs> the Levy the boys are not happy with it um, but yeah it's a is it a regression to the mean for Livy? Um, I mean, that's two games of the bounce they've lost. I mean, you kind of anticipated at some point in the season uh, Livy were going to come across a sticky spell. Um, I actually thought it would be after Christmas, which is a wee treat because that means Mallorel might actually catch them there. Good news for me. Um, do we, what do we reckon? Uh, I, uh, I, think, I think they'll probably be... I, I don't think it's necessarily a, a full regression. I mean, I think they, they were, they're, they're in a strange situation where, like, like you say, they're, they're now expected to win games mm-hmm. and... If at the start of the season you'd said to any Livingston fan, you know you're you're up against Hamilton, they've got ten men, it's nil nil, they would have thought we're going to really have to win these sorts of games because we're going to be the ones that make or break our season, throw bodies forward and get in it. Yeah. Uh, but it's not, and it won't be, and they'll be safe, and they'll be absolutely fine. Um, I think they're probably comfortable enough that they'll. I mean, they, they only have one way of playing, but it's been very successful for them up till this point. They're going to come up against better teams. The fixtures were quite kind to them, um, albeit you know they, they picked up a couple of really impressive results. Um, I think over the course of the season, they will probably ha- have enough Hamilton moments in a positive way <laughs> where they win unexpected yeah. games that they'll be you know eighth and very comfortable and very happy with that. I I think the. Um it is, it is the fact that they just play that one way you know Hamilton managed to neuter them playing that way and you know Menga's a useful striker and he kind of is able to chase defenders and get down the channels and everything and, and run with it from deep but he's not going to score loads of goals and that's where they're going to struggle to change things up if they're you know if teams have worked out and are, are competing with them in set pieces and everything else then that's going to be their problem but as you say they're, I mean they're head and shoulders above three or four of the teams below them so particularly as Dundee and St Mirren are going to sign all the goal scorers and <laughs> that, <obviously. laughs> that's going to be a bad news for Livingston um, right it's us mm-hmm. grand well thank you very much uh, for your time today guys uh, as always you can get in touch with us on Twitter supposing we survive the night with all the explosions <laughs> going on outside um, so you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Test Podcast Facebook search for Test Podcast with show and the email address is testpodcast at gmail.com uh, we are off to the Patreon uh, to do lower league winners and losers um, as is custom on Monday now I think um, so yeah thanks very much Andy thank you thanks very much Tom cheers thank you Graham Sports Social Podcast Network <laughs>